Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Week three of Arrow Series, and I'm gonna give it to you like a fire hydrant. Are you ready to drink from the fire hydrant this morning? Give me 10 minutes and you're gonna have it. Do you believe it? Let's do it. Arrows number three. What is the name of the message title? It is The Right Grip. Can you say The Right Grip? Turn to your neighbour and say, don't hold so tightly. Turn to the other name and say, come on, don't hold so tightly. This whole series has been born out of Psalm 25 verse 12, which says in the message translation, what a God worshippers like the psalmist ask. And the, the answer from God is this, arrows aimed at God's bullseye. Come on, as a church, we wanna encourage you to hit the bullseye that God has set for your life. You are designed, you are planned, you have purpose on your life. God wants you to hit the bullseye. He has a target, that bullseye is both relationship with God and a role that God has called you into to make a difference in this world. So when you make it to eternity, He's gonna look at, He's gonna say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Look into your rest and look at what you did by partnering with me in your life, by surrendering your life and coming on a journey with me, look, what has come of it? The fruit of your life. One day you will see the fruit of your life. And so we want to encourage one another. The right grip, the right grip. Come on, this is from the Complete Guide to Archery's website. Come on, I'm, I'm teaching you some things this morning, people. I'm teaching you some things. Come on, this is what it says. This is another step that it's not too difficult to master, but it has incredible effect on your performance. So it's worth taking a closer look to archery grip, specifically your hand gripping the bow. I'm holding it like this, because I'm a lefty. <laughs> the proper bow grip is a little, little counterintuitive, the writer says. Here is mistake number one for most new archers, using a death grip <laughs> to hold the bow. In other words, holding the bow way, way, way too tight. Tell your neighbor, I'm holding it, are you holding it too tightly? Ask them, are you holding it too tightly? The death grip is to hold it way too tight. When archers first grab the bow and start shooting, their inclination is to grab the bow with everything they've got. It makes sense though. And there's a reason why new archers grip the bow for dear life. Most new archers realise that shooting an arrow is a serious thing. And they're trying to be careful. Holding the bow with a relaxed grip feels very, very dangerous. Especially when you're shooting a bow with a draw weight that is a little challenging to you. When someone grips like they're holding on for dear life, I can guarantee that their bow is shaking after the release. Not only that, this archery grip may feel safe, but it's actually dangerous because you have less control over the arrow and you have less control over the bowstring after you've released the arrow. Come on, your grip will determine the flight of the arrow. Who's the arrow? We're the arrow. 
Your grip will determine the flight of the arrow. Your grip will affect accuracy. If you want to hit the bullseye, it is important that we get the right grip. Can I encourage you what to hold on to lightly? What do you need to hold on to lightly? And I've got a lot of things, but this morning we're going to land on one, which is kind of two. (laughs) Decision and direction. Excuse Decision and direction or destination. You can use all three Ds. Decision, direction and destination. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. Tale acknowledged God in the situation with His work. He wasn't supposed to get leave. It was outside of the parameters. He messaged me saying, I don't know if I'm going to approve it. I might have to come up Friday night. I said, just trust God, man. He put it in and he trusted God. He didn't lean on his own understanding. He trusted God and God made a straight path for His feet. Amen. Come on. It's our human tendency to want to be God. Captains of our own ship, masters of our own destiny. We want, to, we want the control. We want the steering wheel. And we can be guilty of gripping our choices and our decisions and our direction too tightly. We make decisions without consultation We like Jesus as Saviour, but not so much Jesus as Lord. Come on, what's the definition of Lord? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It had, you know how, I don't know if you've been onto a dictionary website, but it has one and a definition and then two and a different and three, like the different ways you can use the word. Can I give you the first two? One and two from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The definition of the word Lord. Here we go. Number one, one having power and authority over others. One who has power and authority over others. You know the number two definition in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary for the word Lord? One word, Jesus. Jesus. Hmm. Power and authority. Okay. So what's the definition of authority? Hmm. Again, let's go back to Merriam-Webster, shall we? Two definitions for authority. The power to influence or command thought, opinion or behaviour. A person in command. Authority, I'm gonna say it again. The power to influence, command, a thought, opinion or behaviour and also a person who's in command. In your decision-making church, is Jesus Lord? In your decision-making, does Jesus have the authority to influence your thinking? in your direction, and your destination, the choices you make with your feet, where you go with your life. Should I take this job or that job? Should I go here or there? Should I get into that relationship or this relationship? Are you gripping lightly 
or holding tightly. Proverbs 19, 21. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his or her life, but only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. You may have many plans for your life, but only His purposes will have you succeed how He wants you to succeed. Only His plans are gonna help you hit the bullseye that you were created to hit. Only His plans are gonna help you hit the bullseye that He created for you to hit. And He's calling for Lordship. He is Saviour. I love the word save, it's the Greek word is sozo. It means to make whole. Salvation is not just a decision of, yes, I wanna follow Jesus. It's a, it's, a, it's a decision of, I'm going on a journey to be made whole by the lover of my soul. The one who has all authority given to him in heaven and earth. The only one that can mend hearts, bring freedom, restore brokenness. I'm gonna bring you to a place of wholeness, salvation. Jesus, your Savior, wants you to be whole, but He wants to be Lord. He wants to be invested in the decisions. He wants the steering wheel of your life. He wants the steering wheel of your life. He doesn't want you to grip too tightly. Relax the grip. Can I give you an example of the right grip from Scripture? This is, you'll find this in Acts 16, it's Paul, the Apostle Paul and the Macedonian call. Macedonia was modern day Greece and Paul was on a mission and God apprehended his direction. Let's read. We'll pick it up in verse six of chapter 16 of the book of Acts. It says, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen this vision, Immediately, Come on, can you say immediately? Immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the Gospel to them. How incredible is this? The great Apostle Paul had some plans, didn't he? He had some good plans. Come on, God is into good plans. You might have good plans for your life. We've just been in the Bible in a year. I'm gonna keep plugging the Bible in the year app. If you're not on it, get on it. Come on, can I get an amen for the Bible in a year app? Come on. If you're not on it, get on it. And we just read yesterday about the exodus from Egypt and how God didn't take them the most direct route. God did not take the Israelites the most direct route. He had a promise for them, He had a plan for them, but He took them on a route that would prepare them for the plan. I'm gonna say that again. He took them on a direction that wasn't the most direct, but a direction that would prepare them for the plan He had. There's a surrender and a letting go. Paul was forbidden to speak in, the, in Asia. 
he attempted to get to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let him. He didn't grip too tightly. He didn't say, no, no, that's what I'm doing. Come heaven or high water, I'm going. He gets a vision to go to Macedonia and immediately he goes. Come on, let's see the region of Macedonia is modern day Greece. It had two major cities, Thessalonica and Philippi. If you know your New Testament Bible, you got letters written to the church in Thessalonians, in Thessalonica, I should say, it's first and second Thessalonians. Some scholars believe they're the first letters written in the New Testament. And I'm telling you, if you want to be encouraged, read the book of Philippians. It will encourage you. We have these books because Paul obeyed and he went and he preached the gospel and the church blew up in Philippi and the church blew up in Thessalonica and both of these cities were on the main Roman road, the main Roman road which let the gospel spread throughout Europe. God had a plan. God had a plan. And he just said, Paul, get on the same page as me, brother. Loosen the grip a bit. You may think that it's gonna be awesome in, in Bethany, but let me tell you what I've got in store for you. I've got two major cities which you're gonna go in and you're gonna infiltrate and the gospel's gonna spread from there. And it did. Coming all the way to New Zealand. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's relax the grip this morning, church. Relax the grip. Relax the grip. Can I just give you, before we close, a few, just a three practical tips on how you can have the right grip this morning. Three things and then we're, we're done. Number one, worship and prayer. Worship and prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. Jesus, the disciples said, Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus was like, pray like this. And what is the first thing that Jesus calls them in their prayer time to do? He says this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be, glory be, or worship be to Your Name. May You be exalted, may You be lifted up high above all things. May all glory be Yours, God. May my life be poured out for You. May glory be given to You. May You bring me on a path that no matter what brings much glory to You. Let Your life be one of worship to God. May You exist, may You desire the, the path that brings the most glory to God. That's worship. The, the path that brings the most glory to God. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I've talked about it before indifference, open handedness. God, you direct my path. Should I go left? Should I go right? You let me know your will. Which leads me to point number two, ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. One of the reasons I think God wants us to ask is because He wants to activate faith. One of the things I love again about Tali's story is that it wasn't just, a, if, if He would have applied two weeks ago, it might not have required an activation of faith. So in the simple act of asking for time off, His faith was risen, my faith was risen, your faith was risen. God wants us to rise up in faith. And so when we posture ourselves and ask and God comes through, what happens? Our faith, our faith rises. 
Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. He wants to hear you. He wants you to, I, I know He knows everything. You know He knows everything. He's God, but He wants you to bring it to Him. And build your faith in the process. Last one. Worship and prayer, ask. The last one is test, test, test. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there's no guidance, a people falls. But in the abundance of counsellors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, verse 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Don't make big decisions in a test tube. Don't make big decisions in a vacuum. Come on, you've got, go to people that are spiritually mature, that you trust, the, that trust their relationship with God on their lives and say, hey, could you pray for me? Could you help me? I'm considering this, I'm thinking about that. And lay yourself out there to be directed and to be guided. Be submissive in your heart. Say, God, I know that you will speak to me. And a multitude of counsellors, things will be made clear. Don't make decisions on your own. God says that we sharpen one another, that we draw one another in and we spur one another on and we can make those decisions together.